or draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me this week to look back on another defeat, this time at home to Kilmarnock, or David Forrest. David, how are you? Um, all right, I suppose, question mark? Aye, game wasn't great, but we'll get on to that. Also here's Rhys Aldane. Rhys, how are you? Aye, I'm not too bad, just it was a bit disappointing at the weekend, wasn't it? Just the way we kind of fizzled out, but... Hi, overall I'm okay. Good stuff. And running off our panel this week is James Kearney. James, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. We've we've had disappointed in the weekend, but as I'm saying, um, as I've all said, I think we're looking forward to digging into it. Yeah, I think we'll we'll start as we always do, just by having a look at the starting eleven. Um, as expected, Jamie Snedden kept his place in goals. Possibly the most surprising thing about the starting 11 was Kieran McKenna coming back into the side at right back in place of Akinola. Zach Rudden came back in for Cammy Smith as well. James, I'll start with you. Were there any surprises in the starting 11 for you? Um, I guess yeah, you touched on there. Yeah, Kieran McKenna coming back in was probably the biggest one. Um, yeah, I think Snedden start, yeah, starting again between the sticks was always going to happen. Uh, I think just I think we need to give one of the goalkeepers a run of form, you know, uh, run a game at some point, because uh, obviously they've both had individual errors at the back recently, which haven't been great. Uh, so yeah, I think Sned Steden was always likely to start. It's good, it's good to have Mayo back in as well, and yeah, Rudden back in as well. So yeah, no, no, nothing major to be honest. I think that Cammy Smith can probably be a wee bit disappointed not to have started, just because I don't think he's he's not started many games yet. Um, I think he's looked quite bright for the most part whenever he's came on off the bench but I think the lineup was I had no complaints about it when I first saw it to that way Reese, what about you? I, I was I was relatively pleased I quite liked the, the inclusion of Kieran McKenna because I know I've said it quite a few times on the pod like, I, I quite I rate McKenna quite highly I think I do still think his best position is centre half I don't think there's much debate about that and it's a bit the same as I can all I can fill he can fill the road right back and he does an okay job um, and I actually think he's a bit more attacking, a bit more of a threat going forward than Akinola would be. So I, I wasn't, I wasn't against seeing McKenna back in the lineup. And I, I, to be fair, I don't think he had a terrible game. Do you know what I mean? Of, of course, there was bits he could have done better, but it, I don't think he was bad. Um, and I was really happy to see Rudden back. You, like you notice early on how how much of an effect that Rudden brings to the team. Like he's so lively and he's just like. He just gets tore right in, doesn't give the defenders a minute's peace, whereas, like, obviously, Cammy Smith, Cammy Smith will put himself about, but he doesn't have the same sort of presence that Rudden has. Like, Rudden just, from from minute go, he doesn't stop. And he's, like, he's a skinny wee guy, but he's got, like, that wiry strength, do you know what I mean? Um, which Cammy Smith's probably lacking a wee bit, and he can kind of get bullied off the ball. So I was, I was pretty happy with the lineup, but didn't have many complaints. 
I know you touched on McKenna's threat going forward. I know we're definitely going to go into the fullbacks in depth a bit a bit later on. But David, I'll come to you for your general thoughts on the performance on Saturday. Um, it was a bit of a it was a bit of a weird one in that like we we started off quite lively, and it, it was kind of a bit of the same old same old in that we started off very lively. I think we looked a better team for most of the first half until about ten fifteen minutes before the end of the first half. We were we were very lucky. We rode our luck in the first half, whereby we probably should have conceded in the first half. Like it's in the last five ten minutes, there was chances where you thought that's us one nil down. And I think when we when we kind of weathered that, that storm and went in at nil nil, I think we were all a bit like, well, you know, we've not played that great in the last fifty twenty minutes. We, we we maybe can do something. And in all fairness, we did try and come out because we talked last week about how we don't really have the urgency um, coming out in the second half. I did feel that we did try and sort that early doors, but K- Kelly just kept kept at us, and then they broke through. I felt it was a bit unlucky in Sned and, and the, we've been all raising question marks in Sned's performance and the errors that he made to then get a penalty. I, I, will, I will admit I was um, I was buying um, a pie at the time, uh, but it was just kind of that way where I heard it and I, seen, I heard it was a penalty and I was like, well, this is Sned's big chance to kind of prove the doubters wrong a little bit, get a penalty save under and show what he's made of, and he did. And it was fantastic. It's just a shame that we then conceded afterwards and a goal that wasn't necessarily Sten's mistake, to be honest. He was just at the other side of the goal. There wasn't really much he could have done on it and it was just a bit of a freak goal. Um, the second commander goal was a, a, a well-taken goal. I thought it, it, was, it was a good goal. But once they went 1-0 up, I think we, the heads just kind of dropped and we didn't really threaten after that. We've really struggled in games where we have a challenge. So like against Inverness or our Brof, it's sort of up near the top of the table, and as well as that, our growth is always a tough place to go. Other games where we've won, it's always been like Morton or Queen of the South or Dunfermline teams that have been quite quite poor, and we've we've kind of coasted on that. And I think this was a real chance for us to kind of prove that you know, we can get it done when the chips are down, and we didn't. So which was a bit concerning. I think it was your typical game against a Tommy Wright side that was. For years, when we played St. Johnson, the first goal was always key. If you got the first goal, you, you were in for a good result. But if you went a goal down to a Tommy Wright side, you, you were never really getting back into it. And that was the case on Saturday. I thought we never really got going after they got their first goal, like you said, David. And um, they were they were pretty comfortable. It was a comfortable 2-0 for them after, a, I would say, a pretty even first half. Um, James, I'll come back to you. David touched on Jamie Sneddon there. He obviously saved the penalty. And had another excellent save in the first half. How important was it for him to get a good performance under his belt after last week? Yeah, I mean, I think it can only be a good thing. Obviously, you know, he is, he's what, 22, 23 now. Um, but he's one of these goalkeepers. I don't really remember him ever having like a, a, a proper run in the team, you know, getting like, say, something like 10, 12 games or something like that, you know. Um, but I think that he'll play more than Stone. I think Stone will have to, there'll be a certain amount of games that Stone has to play. I would imagine, in order um, to keep Hearts happy as uh, part of that transfer agreement. But I would expect Snedden to be pretty much first choice for most of this season. So I think it's important to know that, yeah, when he has setbacks like Inverness, you know, that McCall has kept faith in him. And yeah, he will take confidence from that result. Because, yeah, OK, we lost to now, but Snedden had a good game, actually. He was one of the few that did have a good game, in my opinion. 
you know, I think Snedden, Lewis Mayo, um, they, they both definitely get past marks. I think Bannigan gets past marks as well after that for that game. I don't know how many other players do. If, uh, personally, I thought it were pretty poor. Um, I mean, my biggest concern was the fact that, like, like we've sort of alluded to already, we're playing a Tommy Wright team. You know, we know everyone knows exactly what you're in for when you're playing that. And I felt that a lot of the way we approached the game would just seem to play into Kim Warwick's hands because, I mean, I lost time, I lost count of the amount of times where we seemed to sort of shuffle the ball around out wide, you know, get it to move the full back and then just shell it down the wing and see what happened or shell it down the opposite wing and see what happened. And, you know, we're playing against Kim Warwick team that essentially are playing the four centre-halves. You know, their full-backs are basically centre-backs and you're playing for Tommy Wright. And it just seemed like, you know, when you've got, like, you know, playing these long balls up to somebody like Tiffany or Rudden who, Okay, yeah, they fling themselves about, but you know they're not big guys. Um, yeah, it just felt like we're going nowhere slowly. And yeah, obviously both the goals. The first one, it's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a freak goal. It's unfortunate. And then the second one, in my opinion, was just absolutely dreadful. I don't think there's any excuse for ever letting a goal kick bounce. Um, so I think yeah, you know, I think Mayo initially should like be winning that header and getting something on it, anything. Uh, and then yeah, Holt is caught out, is obviously caught out of position. I've got some sympathy for Holt because I think he's probably expecting Mayo to get something on it because you know that's just a sort of truism of defending. But I mean, he is obviously caught way out of position as well. He's very successful. So I think that we, we can see the, the goals that are pretty disappointing manner. Kelly were worth definitely worth the three points. But I think for me, the most concerning part of the performance is the fact that going forward, we just we didn't really seem to properly trouble Killy all that much and I know that's you know, that's a Tommy Wright team playing away from home so it's going to be difficult to break them down but even so I think with the players that we've got in our squad we've talked a lot about how creative they are and how good they are going forward you think this is the sort of game is a real sort of test for them and you've got to say that you're creatively at least we did we came up well well short. I want to go into why creatively we're coming up short because if you look at the team I think we do have a lot of creative players, as you said, James. When I watch it, we're obviously trying to play a sort of four-four-two with a midfield of Bannigan and Docker in the middle. Turner sort of filling in out in the right, and Tiffany's on the left. But you look at the the players in that four-four-two, four-four-two. Tiffany is the only one that is supplying actual width. And if you look at what a four-four-two should do, it should be with supplying two strikers. The point of it is to get balls into your two strikers. And our fullbacks, Foster and McKenna, I don't think are providing enough, especially if we've got one sort of centre midfielder playing out wide. Reese, I'll bring you in on that because I know you do prefer McKenna going forward to Akinola, but if we persist with the 4 4 2, how do you think we're going to get more creativity into the team? Um, if we do persist, persist with the current formation, I think you're going to have to introduce Stephen Hendry at some point. Um, I know I know he does like to bomb forward at times, and we need more of that. And you look at all the Thistle teams of the past, the teams that have been successful. You had Aaron Taylor Sinclair, you had Stephen O'Donnell, even Jordan McMillan. He he liked to bomb forward. Um, we've always had attacking fullbacks, and it's kind of like the Thistle way of such. But last couple of years, we've, we've not really had that since Chris Elliott's been gone. So it probably it probably mean Richard Foster would switch to right back. And as good as Foster was for us last year. I do think his, his best days are beyond him. Um, and I'd probably be looking at bringing in a right back somewhere if I could as well. Um, 
maybe the loan market or come January, maybe try and get a right back in. But um, Hasty wasn't great against Inverness, but he probably he deserves another chance, maybe even a start somewhere. Because um, Turner, Turner out wide, like, he's, he's playing out of position and Turner is good, of course. Um, and he's, he is one of the most creative players in our team, but he's not helping himself playing out there. And at times, there was an instance in the first half where he, he came in from the right and beat like three men and just took it right across the box because he's not going to go and beat a man out wide and swing across him. So he's, he's kind of, he's, it's not working out for him. Um, aye, so maybe bring Haste into the side. But uh, I just touching on the performance at the weekend, it was we started off so bright as well. Like, and see, for about 20 minutes, we had him right under the cosh, exactly where we, we would have wanted him. And obviously, we got Tommy Wright rattled. He got booked. He got booked for leathering the ball away. Um, and that was the time where we had to take our chances. And we, it's typical Fissel, You know, at the time, uh, this is going to come back and bite us in the ass if we don't take our chances here. And lo and behold, we didn't. Mate. But Kelly always looked dangerous on the break. Whenever they were breaking forward, there was there was that one where Mayo made the last ditch tackle. That was a great tackle. And then obviously, as the boys have spoken on. Make a great save from the penalty and then a free cone goal. It's the most typical Fissel thing. And then a poor mistake from not winning the header from Holt or whatever. And Ollie Shaw, a good striker, and a, it was a really good finish. Beat Sned and all ends up. And and as I've said like I'm up a couple of times on the on the pod and I've said on Twitter and stuff, this season so many times, in any game of football, a team will have a 15, 10, 15, 20 minute spell of pressure. And you just need to ride that out, see yourself out, calm down, get hold of the ball and carry on. Whenever a team has that 15-15 minute spell, we've collapsed. Like you look at Dunfermline at home in the cup, our broth away last week at Inverness, and then again at the weekend with Kelly, right after half time. And then we were I'd say we were the better team in the first half. And then even after they went 2-0 up, obviously the, the job's done for them. They camped in again. But we don't look, we've got all the ball after that and we don't look like scoring. And it just, the game died a death and it, it got away from us in the end. We need to find a way to get around that. David, I'll bring you back in. Just going back to the formation, the 4-4-2, and how we can get a bit more creative and maybe the performances of individuals. Another thing I feel when I watch it is the midfield two of Bannigan and Dockery. Because there's no sort of attacking threat from the fullbacks, they maybe feel they need to do too much in midfield, and maybe performances in that area are suffering as a result. I don't think Bannigan's been been bad at all. I think Bannigan's probably been one of our better players. Bang Docker has suffered in recent weeks. What do you make at the middle of the park? Would you, would you like to see one of them sit out, maybe to see Turner move back in? Would you like to see three in the middle of the park going forward? Do you think there's a solution in midfield to be had there, David? Um, it's a it's a bit difficult. I mean, like I, th- I did kind of chuckle when um, they announced the man in the match, and it was Bannigan and Saturday, uh, obviously like the hospitality man in the match or whatever. I did a chuckle because of it. Well, of course it is because Stuart Bannigan like never has a bad game for us. So even on like our our, our worst day, Stuart Bannigan probably will be man in the match because he just he's never like anything below like a seven out of ten. And last year it was. It's when it is a sort of harsh reality of the jump up to the championship. Where last year we were all like Banzo and Doc. If anything, they're too good for this level, and it's not working out because they're just, you know, they're too good at it, and we're not getting forward um, as much. In games where say like Banzo missed out, there was one or two where he missed out, and where Doc missed out, we we did really miss the two of them together. 
it's a real quandary because Doc hasn't really looked that good um, in this game or against Inverness. He's, he's, he's really underperformed, I think, whereas Banjo has kept his part of the, the bargain up. We talked last week about you know, Banjo tracking back and doing some great defensive work as well last week. And this week, he was man in a match from the, the people who you know sponsored the game or whatever. So, but, but you don't want to just go, the Doc is shite. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's... Uh, it's difficult. Doc isn't really playing his best at the moment, and there is clearly something there. And you don't want to just completely bend that off because at times when we have bend it off, we've seen that they thrive off each other a little bit. But I don't know. I am kind of bringing myself around to the the, the Jamie McDonald, Jamie Ball, um, free at the back, um, philosophy. Um, I think with Holt and Akinola, you've got two players who can play left and right, and kind of. If they need to go a bit wide, they can. But I think having Turner as an attacking midfielder and then having Banzo and Doc behind them would be very good. At, but And then you know, maybe having Hasty in the right or whatever. I do feel like Turner, Banzo and Doc are sort of... Those three need to kind of work together. And I think they, they do bring... We're seeing Turner pull out some great performances for us. And I think Banzo and Doc really help with that. So it is a tough one. But I, I am looking... I don't really want to drop Doc because he's just having a, 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 a patchy bit of form at the moment and he will come good, but it is it's a tough decision. But I, I would probably look at it like a sort of 3 5 2, maybe putting something in the right and having Turner in, up in front ahead of Banzo and Doc and then maybe going at three in the back. I think for me, it's not even so much the formation. I think it's the sort of, it's like the lack of defined roles. I think Docker is like a great sitter just sitting in midfield, winning the ball back, playing simple balls to more creative players. But at the moment, we've not got a lot of players in attacking areas, especially at wide. He's, I think he's feeling like he needs to do a bit more and it's affecting his play a bit. And maybe with Turner coming in as well, Turner doesn't really have a defined role. He's just sort of floating about in the right-hand side and coming inside sometimes. And there's at the moment, there's not really defined roles for them. Whereas last season, as you said, David, it was Doc and Banzo in the midfield. They knew what they were doing. They had uh, Connor Murray or Cardle out in the wing on one side and Tiffany out in the wing on the other side. And they knew their roles. And I think it's maybe just a case of Turner trying to gel in with uh, Ban- Banzo and Doc. And I think eventually they will they'll work out because they're great players. And McCall's an experienced manager at this level and he'll work something out. But I think at the moment it's just, for me, a lack of defined roles for them in the midfield. James, you can come in on that if you want. But I also want to ask you about just the season in general. We've had a disappointing last couple of weeks against Inverness and Kilmarnock, who are the top two in the league. Has that changed your outlook on the season as a whole? Have you re-evaluated what you think Thistle can achieve this season in the last couple of weeks? Uh, well, just quickly on the on the midfield uh, discussion, I think that I think I agree with uh, what you guys have been saying, and that I think Doc has not been at his best this season. I think part of that is the fact that he has got Turner playing out wide next to him. You know, obviously Banzo on the opposite side has Tiffany, who's a natural winger who tends to make better runs, I think, and get into better areas. I think Dog's suffering about the fact that Turner's not maybe making those same runs to get into those same positions and as a result that's one less option for him. So I think that's I think it's all connected. You know, I think that um I quite like the idea of a yeah midfield three with Turner um Thing ahead of Doc and Banzo, I think also then, as we touched on, it frees up Doc to sit a wee bit more at the base of midfield and 
does ask less of him creatively, which I think is probably to his skill set. But anyway, I guess uh, yeah, I guess for the in terms of how I'm feeling for the whole season, um, it's yeah, they've been disappointing results. They're not getting away from it. Um, probably, I, I think the Kilmarnock games, the the result and the performance is probably the most disappointed I've been this season with this. So just because. I think, you know, with Inverness and Starbrook, there's always mitigation. You know, there's always, oh, well, John, it's away, the tricky games, there's individual errors, you know, fine. You know, that can happen. You know, we're, we're playing well and we chucked it. Okay, like, that's not good, but, you know, it's not the, it, that's a concern, but it's a different kind of concern. This one, this game, it was, it was more a case of that, yeah, Kilmarnock, as I say, I think they were just better than us. I don't think, I think we looked quite uninspired. Um, and that that for me that that's a concern for like, a big concern for me, um, more than the fact like more than Inverness or more than our growth. But having said that, um, I don't know I don't know if I'm, I, I still don't really know exactly what to expect from Thistle this season. You know, um, I think that yeah we should certainly be in the playoffs or there thereabouts come the end of the season. Um, but I'm not gonna. I wouldn't hang the manager out to dry or anything like that for for not achieving that. I don't think that, um, you know, I think we are newly promoted team. It is an incredibly competitive decision, and it's just, um, while right now okay, it's easier for us to be all doing England, but at the end of the day, we're, we're fourth in the league at the moment. You know, um, we're still the only teams above. The only teams that have beaten us are the ones above us. Um, and okay, obviously, you'd rather not lose those games, but I think the I think Wraith away at the weekend will be. It'll be another really big test, and I think that'll maybe sort of give us a better indicator of where we're headed this season, where we're not going to be part of that sort of top three or four, where you know we're pushing for the playoffs or perhaps even the title, depending on you know, I don't know. It depends really on what other teams are doing, how consistent they are. But I think race race will be a big test because they were in the playoffs last season. They were there on merit. You know, they were a very good team. They weren't too far off. Um, you know, just beaten by Dundee in the in the in the playoffs. They're they're a good side, and again, it's a different type of football uh, to teams that we've played so far. So again, it's it's a difficult game for sure, but I think it's also a really good barometer. I think you know if we win that, I think we can say that okay, you know we we are we can mix it with some of the championship's best sides, and you know we can push like make make a proper push for the playoffs from the get go. If if we drop points or if we lose it, then it might be. <laughs> I think that might be a bit of a a bit of a reality check, to be honest with you. At that point, I think the pattern that seems to be emerging is that if we're playing against teams that are, you know, sort of mid-table or lower half the table at home, then yeah, we'll probably beat them and win quite comfortably. But then I think the questions are going to always going to arise over away games in particular, but then obviously those these big games against the bigger teams as well. Because I think if we lose, if we were to lose on Sunday as well, you'd have to ask if you know, do we have the quality to mix it? Um, you know, with with the likes of Inverness and because I, I firmly believe race rovers will be in that conversation as well come the end of the season so it's it's a big it is a really big test and I think that that will be the better barometer um for like the campaign as a whole rather than the games that we've just had earlier this week David was joined by Sean McGuigan to look ahead to Sunday's game against Wraith Rovers
And now I'm joined by Sean McGuigan um, of the Terrace and Rafe Rovers fan to discuss um, Sunday's upcoming game um, against Rafe Rovers. Sean, how are you doing? I am very well. Uh, thanks for having me. How are you? From, uh, I'm, do- I'm doing okay. I appreciate that this is going to be hideously out of date once you smash Celtic 6 0 tonight. You, you know something? You, you know something? See when the draw was made. So, so I don't know about yourself, but anytime there's a, a League Cup draw or a Scottish Cup draw, I always think the worst two ties you can get is away to Rangers or away to Celtic. And I'm always mystified at people that say, oh, yeah, that, that'll bring in a, a, a bit of money. Especially when you're especially when you're away to Celtic Park because like Rangers might bring a decent crowd to Ibrox if you play them there. Uh, Celtic rarely do. So I'm expecting about 10,000 there tonight. But regardless, when the draw is made, I was like, right, well, Celtic look much better than last season. We've regressed. This will be a long evening and it won't be enjoyable in the slightest. But since the draw has been made, Celtic have been absolutely atrocious and I have <laughs> my hopes <laughs> my hopes have been raised immeasurably and I know fine well that they're going to be dashed on the rocks five minutes into next game. But regardless, hope springs eternal. You never know. I think we had six competitions in a row where we got the old firm. Most of it is, but every time you play, oh fuck Celtic Christ! And but every time you go and go, well we'll get we'll get hoofed, like absolutely we'll get hoofed, and then we'll get to like the day before, the day before, and you're like, I think we can do this. Yes, we are eleventh in the league. That's the <laughs> hard. You go from thinking we will lose five 0 to, and then like ten minutes before kickoff, you're like, well it's eleven versus eleven. And then, and then, fifty minutes later, you're already getting. My favourite one is in the Invincible season, uh, we played them, and it was going to be um, that game was going to be number seventy one and seventy one is obviously the year we won the cup final four one against Celtic. I think we'd all kind of convince ourselves, well, number seventy one in the Celtic street, we'll cut, we'll cut them, no chance. They, they're, they're, they're toast. And then, sure enough, they did. They, they, that invincible streak will not last coming out of that game. And sure enough, it didn't. It's just a shame that Hearts beat them game before. And then, of course, that made you think, oh well, they've lost to Hearts. That's them. Their arse will collapse. That's them. They're, they're down on spiral, and that was the key. It was finally going to beat them. And then, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, football, football lends itself to narrative. So, so fair play for you to. Or searching for narrative, but sometimes it just isn't there. I would like to profess my anger um, at the fact that you're playing a League Cup game on a Thursday because the old firm can't behave themselves and aren't allowed to play it the same day. Um, because it's really, it was really screwed up my plans for the weekend because I work every Sunday. And I've never been to Kirkcaldy, and I'm like five away from the 42, so as it will Rafe Rovers. You have never been to Kirkcaldy? Oh, I've been to Kirkcaldy, but I've never been to Starks Park. Uh, so it... well, so wait a minute, so, so, you've, so, so you've actually visited Kirkcaldy, but not for footballing purposes? Yeah. That, that's actually more unusual. I've never been to Starks Park, and I was like, right, this is this is my chance to get Starks Park out of the way, and then I'm down to like four of the 42, and it's like, oh, I've moved it to Sunday, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? What? <laughs> like, now I needed to take annual leave off work, I needed, you know, the trains are a disaster on a Sunday. I believe and they're in strike, they've been in strike for they months have. on a Sunday. Good for them, they should absolutely be in strike for, you know, what they're yep. looking for, but it's just like, man, yep. come on. I mean, it's really hard to get to Kirkcaldy <laughs> as it is in the trade, never mind when there's a strike. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm going to have to invest in a Harry Potter fireplace or something like that and come out the other end. If any Patrick Fisher fan is, is 
listening and is wondering what to do about uh, public transport to get to Starts Back on Sunday, you can get a, an East Coast Mega Rider from Buchanan Bus Station <laughs> and it'll be a £9 uh, return. So there you go. £9. There you go. Um, and is, is that what all the ladies used to call you um, in, your, in your younger days? The East Coast Mega Rider. <laughs> an East Coast Mega no, no, I have, I have never been called that before, uh, and and never will. And now I'm joined by the East Coast Mega Rider Sean McGregor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but we should probably talk about Rafe Rovers, shouldn't we? Um, yeah, I mean, any any time you want to start talking about Rafe Rovers, I am absolutely fine with that. So Rafe Rovers, I mean, last season they kind of confounded expectations a little bit, you know, and came up from League One, similar position for ourselves, and really made a great dent in getting to the playoffs and looked for quite a while as a solid case for um, promotion. Um, how how do you feel? Do you feel that they've continued on the good work from last season? Or you did mention earlier that they had to regress. I'm going to guess the answer is no. <laughs> I think uh, so, so I think there's two disappointing aspects from last season. One was that was last season's Ray Clover's team was the best team I've seen at Starts Park since the mid-90s, probably. Both in terms of, not necessarily in terms of results, because we finished runners-up in about 2010 in the Championship. Uh, but in terms of football, in terms of uh, an aesthetically pleasing Race Rovers team, that's the best I've seen. Uh, we, we played brilliant football now, or did then. Uh, and the most disappointing aspect was, was anybody there to see it? You know, guys like uh, Reagan Henry, Lewis Vaughan was able to play for the... the bulk of the season, we, we played brilliant football and nobody was there to see it. So, so that was hugely disappointing. My, my thoughts at, at the tail end of last season was, if we don't get promoted, and I, 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 didn't, I didn't expect us to because if you finish kind of third or fourth, then history tells you you, you, you don't get promoted from that position. Somebody will do it eventually. But, uh, if we didn't get promoted, then what will happen is there better players would, would leave because it's happened to it's happened to Air United previously, for example, who had a brilliant season and then they lost their better players. And, and that's kind of what happens at, at this level of football. It's always been the case and, and always will be. I think the disappointment is we haven't... The second disappointment, I should say, is we haven't really built on that. So we've we lost Reagan Henry and we're never going to replace him because he is a talent that doesn't come along very often in the second tier of Scottish football. Uh, but we've also lost uh, Kieran McDonald who was in our top two or three, uh, three, three or four players last season from left back. He went to Hamilton. Uh, Lewis Vaughan has now been ruled out for the season with yet another uh, knee injury, and, and hopefully he can come back and, and actually have a career because he's, he's been so stop-start with injuries, but I, I kind of do fear for him uh, long-term. And the players that we've brought in, it doesn't feel like, from a, a recruitment perspective, that we've done that well. I, I don't think we have a poor squad. It's probably quite difficult to, to assess at the moment because it's it's still early early days in the season. But it's definitely poorer than last season. It's, it definitely has less depth than last season. And I do think that that'll I, I do think that that'll catch up with us at, at some stage. And I think if you if you speak to Wraith Rovers fans in terms of how this season has started, it, it's an you, you, they would probably tell you that it's, it started poorly, but the, the odd thing is, all the elements that they will that they will point to for why it's been a disappointing start to the season, the, the aspects 
aren't necessarily what's happened in the park, weirdly, but maybe only one. So there has been the, the absolute farrago of losing a four a four goal lead to Hamilton on the opening day of the season. Incidentally, incidentally, the best game of football I have ever been at and the most exciting game of football I have ever been at. I would have preferred it if it was five percent less exciting <laughs> uh, if, if Hamilton hadn't scored in the last minute. But incredible. So, so, so losing a four goal lead on opening the season to Hamilton. Uh, we had the shambles of the postponed game against Dunfermline, which I, I, I think, in terms of investigation, it, it wasn't Wraith's fault, I think. Uh, and Lewis Vaughan uh, has, has been ruled out for the season with, with another knee injury, as, as I've mentioned. So because of those things, Rovers fans would probably say it's been a disappointing start to the season. And because of the recruitment. We're, we're not, we don't look as good as last season. However, to, to kind of turn that on its head, we have... Uh, results have been okay so far. You know, had a, had a good win against uh, United, but a good win against Morton. Uh, yes, we lost Inverness. We always lose to Inverness. Uh, we lost to Queen of South, but we're probably the better team for the bulk of that game. We managed to get out of the League Cup group stages for the first time ever. We beat Aberdeen in the next round, and we were excellent against Aberdeen. I mean, we deserved to beat Aberdeen. We were the better team on the day. It wasn't a kind of backs against the wall and, and smashing grab victory. We deserved to win. Uh, who knows? We will play Celtic this evening, and, and we'll see what happens. But from a from a results perspective, I don't think I, I think Rovers fans have looked at the season so far quite negatively, and I understand that. But I, I think it's probably been a wee bit better than than they realise. Yeah, it's, it's if I, I think you're you're right in saying about like with these teams where you you know like an Air or a Rafe Rovers where if you um you kind of shoot your shot so to speak and then if you don't make it you, you know that that team that you've assembled to do that just kind of you get scattered to the winds and then you kind of have to rebuild and it's always going to be very tough and I think it is a bit of a concern for for ourselves as well is that. Obviously, McCall's quite quite good at building a team and building a project and getting a bit of long term loyalty to, um, to his team. But there's very much that that worry of well, if you if you don't go up now, what you know, are you, are you going to have the team that you you had now to do it? And yeah, it, it's it's a bit of a concern. Um, in terms of the Rafe Rover squad, is there anybody that you would see as the, the main threat that we should be looking out for? In terms of threats to Partick Thistle. I think the one that is the most obvious is Dario Zanatta. Yeah. Now, I, I think Zanatta is a good example of what Wraith Rovers fans, some Wraith Rovers fans, weren't, weren't overly happy with over the summer. And I must admit, I had, I had reservations about him. But he'd already been at Starts Park a few years ago, and albeit in League One, and he was on loan from Hearts, he impressed and, and kind of fits and starts. So when he, when he, Kind of joined again, Rovers fans, quite rightly. I, I realise that I had, had pointed out the fact that he hadn't done very much since leaving Starts Park last time around. Uh, hadn't done very much at Championship level. So, based on uh, a, a kind of attacking point of view, it, it looked like we were going to be reliant on guys like him and, and Aidan Connolly, who also hadn't done very much since leaving Starts Park. So, I there was concerns about Zanata. However, He's been excellent. He's been absolutely excellent and kind of fundamental to, to almost all of our wins this season. Uh, he's scored five goals so far from our, although he, he kind of kind of swapped sides, he's predominantly been on the 
uh, left-hand side for us, but we'll swap during the game. All of his goals have been humdingers uh, from distance. I don't think he scores a, a tap-in. His goals against uh, Hamilton, Aberdeen, uh, Morton at the weekend uh, have all been excellent, and I've been I've been really impressed by him. And he's he's put the majority of the doubters. Uh, he's kind of turned them around. The problem is for Wraith, that might be it in terms of in, in terms of what Patrick Thistle should worry about. Like Dylan Tate, who has signed for Hibs during the transfer window, but got him back on loan immediately, uh, has been kind of hot and cold this season. Ranger Ranger Parson is is excellent. He can uh, he can kind of thread the ball through uh, the kind of lines. He can beat a man. He wants possession. But some weeks, it, like you don't really notice him. Uh, Aidan Connolly has has started quite well, but but not as well as, as Zanata. And then up front, up up front is is a, is a curious thing for Wraith Rovers at this moment in time. So we have like James Keatings was considered a reasonably big signing for us during the summer. And and you know something right away when you're saying that James Keatings is a big signing, like red flags uh, are appearing. Like he's only scored goals since 2015 and 2018, and that's it uh, for I think Hamilton, Hamilton Hibs, Hearts, maybe that period. Uh, he has not started the game for us, I don't think, and he has already been loaned out to, to Montrose. That only leaves us with two forwards. Uh, one is Matty Paplatnik, who's on loan from Livingston, and one is uh, Ethan Barrian, who's on loan from Stoke. So we, we, we literally do not have a striker that, that, of, of our own at this moment in time. Whether we bring somebody in before Sunday, you, you would imagine if Keatings has been moved on like John McGlynn is bringing somebody else in, whether that's somebody like Jamie Dillon, who has been a, been with us on loan out a few times now from, from Hibs. I, I don't know, but you would think that somebody else will be, will be coming in. I would imagine Ethan Varian will, will lead the line. Uh, he's young, he's 18. He is... I'm trying to think what his, what his strengths are. He's, he, he leads the line okay. His, his work rate is pretty good. His finishing looks decent. But again... We there's a lot of games this season where we haven't necessarily had uh, the majority of possession, and so his supply line has been uh, has been has been limited. So I can't quite gauge if if Varian is is all that. I, I'm not sure yet. But uh, to answer your question that you asked me about 50 minutes ago, who do you have to worry about? It's very much Dario's and Atta. See if you double up on him, uh, which Queen of South did, you'll stifle us and we'll really struggle. And that's ultimately. Race biggest failing this season. If we don't have Zanata performing well, we're really going to struggle. That's it's it's a name that brings back a lot of conflicting memories. Remember, he scored an absolute <laughs> screamer for us against Inverness. Yeah, I think it was Inverness where he just absolutely tore Inverness apart, and we thought we've got a player on our hands. And then literally all the other games he played for us. Like, uh, but it's funny because Air United fans said the exact same thing. And I think he, if I remember correctly, he joined them and I think he scored an absolute rip snorter against Albion Rovers in the League Cup group section, maybe. And then he essentially didn't really perform for them. He did nothing for them after that. So, so I, when, when, we, when we signed them, Ray fans were worried. But no, so far we are now, we're approaching October and he's been... Certainly, from a, a kind of forward position, your best player. Of I mean, I'm I'm not one to give out 
gambling advice very often, but Rafe Rovers to win with Dario Zanata to score seems like the most obvious shout you can think of because we have a, a really checkered history of there was once it was a year we got relegated from the championship where every team had an ex Fissile player and in most weeks they would score. Um, and it was just you would scan down you must do it yourself as a Rafe Rovers um, fan where you, you read the programme or whatever and you'll scan the team lines to see if there's anybody that used to play for Rafe Rovers um, in, in the squad we, we do it all the time most of it are fear just scouting who's going to score against us because yep. it's just it's a lock on that he will score especially if he's on a, on a decent back, uh, run of form Absolutely. Um, get your Rafe Rovers and Zanata to score on, definitely. Well, unless, unless, to be fair, to, to flip that on its head, uh, you have, unless he's injured or suspended and I'm not aware, you'll have Brian Graham playing up front of you, who is, I wonder if anybody has ever said this sentence ever before. I think I am Brian Graham's biggest fan. <laughs> uh, his, his spell at, at Rafe Rovers, you're going back quite a while now, actually. So I remember he had he signed a two-year deal for us, uh, and his first season he was nothing startling whatsoever. And then he went away and got a he got an operation on he got a hernia. I, I think it was a double hernia operation. Why that? Why that fact? Why that nugget is stuck in my head? I have no idea. He got a double hernia operation, and when he returned, he did not stop scoring from the tail end of his first season right through his second season. And I think that Brian Graham is. Hugely underrated, and like, I know he's thirty-three now, but I still think he's one of the. I, I still think he's one of the better forwards in the championship, and I think. Ah, don't get me wrong. I, I think at this stage of his career, playing higher up the food chain might be beyond him. But I, I do think he's always been underrated, and I think some clubs in the Premiership let him go when maybe they 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 had actually had poorer options to replace him. Like I, I thought when he was at Dungeon United. He'd done okay. I, I thought it was absolutely fine at, at, at St. Johnson. And I do, I think he's a very good striker. Uh, and I am, out of all your forwards, he's the one I'm worried about. But I do think, if you compare the two teams, if you compare Race to Patrick Thistle, I think you have better players in forward areas. And I think we have a better defence. Like I am, like Tiffany, Graham, Rudden, Kyle Turner. That's probably. That's probably better than everything we've got. Like, I mean, I Dario Zanata in his current form would might nudge in there, but I'd, I'm worried about all of those four players. In terms of Rafe Rovers, how do you see the season panning out for them? Do you do you feel that they'll turn it round? Are you going to put that Celtic money to good use? You know, with the ten thousand hands that turn up. Well, what we might do is put the is put the semi final money to, to good use <laughs> once we've huckled. Uh, Celtic out of this tournament uh, this evening. Uh, I, I, I tell you what I think will happen. I tell you what I think. I think we will be. I don't think there's much between these teams at all, right? So if you look at Wraith's last two league games, we defeated Morton on Saturday, and see for uh, 55 minutes we were absolutely dreadful. Like honestly, minging as bad as we've been all season. How how we were winning, I've no idea. We'd, we'd essentially had one shot to go. And Morton had probably created, albeit half chances, five or six half chances. But then, for the last half an hour or so, until the last five minutes when Morton were, were flinging everything at us, I, I, I don't know what happened. There wasn't there wasn't a change in terms of what Ray Rovers started doing, and in, in terms of a, a formation or a substitution. But for thirty minutes, 
suddenly we were far away the better team and we created three or four chances to, to, to put the game to bed against Queen of South. Again, funnily enough, for about 25 minutes, Queen of South could have put the game to bed there and then. Three or four excellent chances to score and we looked miles off it. But then for the rest of the game, we're the better team. And I do think that my opinion is that, that Kilmarnock have the best squad in this league. Uh, not not by a mile, like it's not a, it's not a Hearts or even necessarily like a Ross County uh, who, who, who went up uh, a couple of seasons previously. But I, I do think they're better than everybody else. When I was going into this season, I, I didn't think Inverness were as good as, as what they've shown. But actually, when I go through their team and I look at their squad, they seem to have a wee bit depth, certainly more than, than anybody else in the division with the exception of Kilmarnock. That's who I think the top two are. Dunfermline are hilariously bad at this moment in time. But I think on paper they've got a decent squad and they might kind of they might kind of fix themselves and, and, and go a wee bit further up the league. I, I think the rest, I, I don't know if there's much between the teams. Our growth, of course, I mentioned as well, they've been exceptional this season. And I think this this next these next couple of games, the Rovers have got quite a, a kind of hectic fixture list, I suppose. So Celtic tonight, Partick Thistle on Sunday, Dunfermline on Wednesday. And that might tell us where Wraith Rovers are. I don't think they'll finish in the top four this season. I think they'll be within a clutch of teams that could finish anywhere between fifth and seventh. But I, I do think that they, how they played against the United, how they played against Morton, how they played against Queen of South, I, I don't, I don't necessarily think they'll be in trouble. But at the same time, I, I, I and I've already mentioned it, they've regressed. They're, they're not as good as last season. And I think if you have, because it, it, like you've already mentioned about like. Patrick Thistle, how, how they started the season. Like, see, teams that win League One, they generally do well the next season. It, it's pretty rare for a team to win League One and then not finish in the top four or five uh, the, the, the following season. And I think Patrick Thistle, I've got a decent squad on paper. So if, if you're thinking, right, there's Kelly, there's Inverness, Patrick, I would be amazed if Patrick Thistle don't finish top five. There's not that many places to, to play for from the Rovers' uh, perspective. And I think we're I think we're too weak. I think the, the squad depth isn't quite there. Certainly up front, we're, we're toiling a wee bit. Defensively, we're sound. Like Berra and Benedictus have been a, a brilliant partnership so far. And if you aim anything towards their head on Sunday, incidentally, they'll, they'll just head it away. Play it on the ground, and they might toil, but anything in the air, and, and they'll win it. They, they must have won about three thousand headers uh, last weekend. But no, I think we will finish just short this season, and I will predict that we will finish fifth. And you know something. I'll, I'll take that. I know you'll be too busy winning the uh, League Cup. Really <laughs> exactly. However, the, the winning the League Cup uh, might derail us and we'll take our eye off the ball in the league and we might finish eighth. So, so League Cup winners and, and finishing eighth, but that's fine. We'll laugh, I I'm, I'm loving the story arc that we started this podcast. I'm like, ah, oh, well, you know, I'll probably get cuffed to, ah, uh, you know, we'll beat Celtic, you know, that'll be great to, oh, well, that semi final money will come in good handy. And then to, oh, we'll win the League Cup. <laughs> Two trips to Hamden to try off the ball. And, and we might talk for 10 minutes and we've talked for a bit there. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. A wee quick 50 minute chat, Sean, that's all it was. Um, <laughs> and, well, it was handy that we got you on at this point. So um, I wanted to get you on a plug the, uh, the announcement that the view from the terrace is back. I believe it's the 1st of October. I can never remember my dates. It's the Friday. No, no, you are, you're, you're absolutely spawned. So our view from the terrace is back uh, a week on Friday, uh, 1st of October on the BBC Scotland channel at 10.30pm. Anything... 
you can tell us about it. How has it been? How do you think? Well, how do you think it's going to go? How do you think it's going to go? Uh, I, I think it's going to be awful. If, if I was honestly, it will be awful. Uh, if I was you, I would I would not watch it. Uh, how do I think it'll be? I I, I think it will be as usual a, a good laugh in terms of in terms of what is coming up. We've not had uh, we've had a, we've had a catch up, but the the first production meeting is. Uh, next Monday and then tomorrow, which is Friday, we will basically get sent a list of all the kind of sections and then we will give our ideas. So it will be the usual uh, irreverent nonsense where myself and Craig Telfer will talk about teams like Forfar and Stenersmuir and Joel and Fowler will be born and talk about, I don't know, Celtic and Rangers. And three quick fire questions for you. So first of all, um, just need to check the, a real important piece of football analysis. Just to check, you still haven't seen the Lion King, is that correct? I, I have not seen the Lion King. Uh, I have, although interestingly, I actually bought myself uh, as a Christmas present Disney Plus. Oh. Uh, but I've been watching things like uh, the Clone Wars and the Mandalorian. But I would presume, without checking, that the Lion King is available <laughs> on Disney Plus. But I've, I've still not. Either looked for it or watched it. As well as that, um, go to Kirkcaldy. As I mentioned before, I've been to Kirkcaldy um, before, but I've not been to Starks Park. Um, and very uh-huh. important Kirkcaldy question, um, best chippy? Now, uh, I, I don't know if this will disappoint you uh, as much as the fact I haven't seen The Lion King, but I'm not that fussed about chippies. Right. You... However, now I'm not that fussed about it. It's one of my, one of my least favourite takeaways, uh, a, a chippy. I, uh, I I sometimes <laughs> sometimes so my gran loves a chippy right so I go up there every Sunday and I'll uh, and then she makes me my dinner even though she's ninety five uh, but she's she's very sprightly and, and independent and makes it with tea but every now and again I think well I, I should really be bringing in my gran a, a dinner because she's 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 really old <laughs> so <laughs> she loves a chippy but I so I go to the chip shop for her. But I, uh, I might bring myself in a, a Chinese or an Indian because I'm not that fussed about a chippy. However, despite that, I, I am aware that the best chip shop in Kakoti is Valenti's. Maybe, maybe other towns uh, have this, but there's even like street signs saying like Valenti's this way or one mile to Valenti's. I, I don't know if I, I don't know if other towns or cities have that. But but yes, uh, Valenti's is Kakoti's finest fish and chip shop. So instead of like, you know how you get the football traffic signs, it's like fish supper traffic um, signs. <laughs> I mean, that's how, that, that's how, uh, that's how well regarded it is. It's very tough. I, I make a point when I go to a new ground, I try and find our best chippy and go to it because that, that, that's my well, favourite takeaway. Well, when, when we meet each other for the second time in Kirkcaldy, uh, which hopefully is on a Saturday so that you can attend, I would recommend you go to Valenti's and you'll be able to find it easily because there's loads of street signs telling you how to oh, get Oh, there we go. That's absolutely fantastic. And um, finally, um, a score prediction for the game on Sunday. Obviously, we'll have, we'll have huckled Celtic at the League mm. Cup. Uh, and it'll, it'll, I think it'll be very much after the Lord Mayor's show type of thing. I think this will be... I actually think we'll lose. I think it will finish Wraith Rovers 0, Partick Thistle 2, and Brian Graham will score in the 17th minute. And Zach Rudden will score in the 73rd minute, unless they don't play. <laughs> unless they don't play, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, so me, you and your uh, your granny 
uh, go uh, to Valenti's afterwards. You can chew the fat and go, you know, Sean, you're really, really nailed on with that prediction. I mean, it's amazing you can still stand after you've defeated Celtic in the League Cup um, and you've been drunk for three days. But, you know, fair play. Uh, so we'll, 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 we'll sit and chew the fat and, and our haddock supper um, over that. Um, is there anything else you want to plug um, about the Terrace podcast? Anything you're doing with the Terrace podcast at the moment? You know, I really enjoyed your um, the, the lower leagues gar- Ganshin Ben Har a preview of the season. Was it three and a half hours long? And it was just like I I, I, I don't know. So, so basically, what happened is like myself and Craig Telfer will say, right, we can do Thursday night, and then we'll we'll suggest what we're going to do, and then we'll we'll say, right, well, we'll talk about three games, and then somehow what happens is I I think generally led by him, uh, we end up talking about literally every single game. Uh, across the course of the weekend in, in the low leagues, and it ends up taking us two and a half hours. If you would like to listen to, to some uh, lower league nonsense, then myself and Craig Telfer, if, most weeks, uh, churn out a, a, a terrace podcast every Thursday that normally goes online on a Thursday evening. We are doing one uh, tonight. However, it, it has to be much briefer than normal because I will be watching uh, Rafe Rowe's Week Celtic really uh, shortly thereafter. Okay. You hear the, if you hear the popping of champagne corks on the uh, on the pod tonight, <laughs> that will be exactly why. Well, I, I, you know something I actually said to him? I goes, right, I goes, what time are we starting on Thursday because the, the replay of a Celtic game is on at 7.45. He goes, let's start at 5 and you might be able to watch the second half. <laughs> and he, you know something, it might not be far from the truth. But yeah, well, good luck for tonight. Um, I hope I Thank hope you. you cuff Celtic. It would be incredible. So did I. Um, and um, we'll get you a pint on Sunday if you do. Um, and your granny as well, of course. You should, I'm a granny. Uh, yes, Bill Haven best or whatever as the granny strike. Um, after a pint of rum from Nessie. Well, that'll, that'll make two pints of rum, Barman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and your finest fish and chips um, <laughs> sipping, a, uh, sipping a pint of rum in Valentis um, uh, after the game but um, thanks again for joining us and um, hopefully speak to you again uh, later in the season no worries What about you? How are you feeling about uh, Sunday's game now? Rafe have a really good team, much like ourselves, but I don't know if they're kind of in the same boat. You don't know if they've got enough to go all the way. Um, and the man that's their key, their key player right now is Dario Zanata. He's kind of he's finally hitting the consistency that he, he didn't really have before. He's always had the ability, but he's lacked a bit of consistency and he's kind of finding that with Rafe at the minute. So it'll be, a, it'll be an interesting game. Um, I think if we can come through that unscathed and hopefully get the three points, then I we can start thinking about looking up again. But this is what I mean: like it's still so early days. We've played six games or something. We've got thirty to go. Um, 
one win, you're thinking, right, here we go, promotion, whether it's win the league or whether it's via the playoffs, and then you lose a game, you lose two in a trot, and everyone's looking behind them again. Oh, it's, just, it's typical thistle. Um, people start mourning about the manager, or oh, the manager's no setting the team up right. It's just, it can be a bit toxic in our support at times, but it's early days, it's too early to make a judgement. Um, we'll see how things go at the weekend. And then we'll have a run of fixtures. Will will really put us in good stead. I mean, we've started to play air. We've started to play Hamilton. Those games should be a real, those games should be be a better indicator of where we'll where we'll stand come the end of the season. But it's too early to make big judgments. But see, the season's not done by any means. You know what I mean? Like as as already mentioned last week, look at Falkirk last year, eight points clear or something at a stage. We were sitting sixth with however many games to go, and these ten team ten team leagues. It can happen at any point in the season. So I wouldn't worry about things too much just now. James, you've seen Wraith play a few times this season. What can we expect from them? And what sort of game are you expecting? Are you expecting an open game? Are you expecting either team to sit in? What sort of game are you expecting at the weekend? Joe, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, anything I've watched Wraith over, uh, over the last like, couple of years, I've always really enjoyed it. Um, and obviously we played them at for how shortly before uh, lockdown, I think it would have been the Challenge Cup in the in the semis, and and that that day they won, and again they outplayed us. They were the better team, you know. And but uh, yeah, I mean, generally they play out from the back a lot. <laughs> um, you know, some sort of, uh, sort of a haphazard fashion at times, some somewhat kamikaze. You might even say, and you know, though the goal, uh, Jamie McDonald and goals, he tends to play it short to defenders. They invite pressure onto them, which is a bold strategy, particularly when you're playing Christoph Berra at the back. But to be fair, like he's seems to have been really adapting into this new role. He seems to be like when I, I saw him recently against uh, I was at the game when Wraith beat Aberdeen in the League Cup and Berra was absolutely immense that day. Um so I think what we can expect is they'll, they'll play it short, will we they'll wait they we they draw you in, they get they get the other team to move forward and then they hit it long. Uh, so that'd be my concern, obviously, given the fact that we have looked vulnerable to long balls at times. Uh, I think as well that if, I mean, I would imagine that Foster is going to play. I get a wee bit worried about him sometimes when we push up quite far, just because that leaves a lot of space for him to get back. And he's just, I think, he, to be fair, he has still got a fair bit of pace about him. But I get a wee bit worried when we play with a high back line. I think that. I don't know if our defence copes very well with when they've got lots of space behind them. We seem to concede a lot of goals that way. So I would be, I think that's certainly something to watch out for. So like the setter halves that we've got are going to need to do well in the air. Um, it's going to be a difficult contest in that sense. In the midfield, Wraith are going to try and retain the ball. You know, and that might be, it, it can be a little meandering at times, which uh, can give us some time to organise at the back, but if they're if Wraith are on the ball and they decide they're going to try and progress it slowly up the park, they will keep it. They'll keep it well and they'll try and tire the midfield out. Um, so obviously having somebody like Bannigan in your team is absolute gold dust for a game like this because he just runs and runs and runs and he's got absolutely no problem like that uh, doing that all day. Um, but yeah, it, it would be a game where they they tend to use a lot of the wide areas as well, so expect a lot of like overloads on either wing. So you. Need, Whoever's playing out wide for us, you know, pro- probably Tiffany and Turner, you'd imagine. They're going to have more defensive responsibility than they're used to. Um, certainly with Tiffany, like, he'll need to come back, he'll need to check back and need to help out um, his left back because 
otherwise they will get they will out numbers out wide and that's how they break in behind. So a lot of their play, play comes from uh it sort of starts starts deep. Um sometimes it's shelled out wide, other times they'll sort of keep it keep the ball, move it up slowly through the middle, eventually shift it out wide and then just crosses into the box. So that's where uh, again, that's something where I think Jamie Steddon's not always been brilliant. Um, I think that's something that, again, it's going, to be a, it's going to be a difficult afternoon. It's going to be a difficult test, but you would hope that, again, coming off the back of his performance on Saturday, despite the two goals conceded, he played well. You'd hope that he'll be confident and ready for it because he's going to be, I would expect he'll be busy because it's not an easy place to go start Spark at all. David, you mentioned earlier about a possible formation change, but I'm going to ask you, about any personnel you'd like to see come into the side? Is there anyone who's been maybe in and out of the side in recent weeks you'd like to see get given a chance at Starks Park on Sunday? Um, I, I know I literally just said we should, we should maybe go three at the back, but I, I am quite interested to see Stephen Hendry. We've not had much chance to really scope him out yet. And I think that I, I, I'm interested to see what he can do. Following on from the transfers we've made this season, the, the players have all fit a mould. They have all been a McCall player. They fit the McCall team. I'm in, I'm intrigued to see how Hendry fits in there. I can't see him not fitting in just purely because of the the other players that we've bought. He's, he's clearly building a team around a, a model and he wouldn't have bought Hendry if he didn't fit into that model, I think. So I would like to see him um, get a chance. I'd like to see Akinola come back in because I've really enjoyed watching him over the last couple of weeks. Um and yeah, maybe just like a yes, yeah, like a Jake Hasty uh, getting some some more minutes. I don't even necessarily think he needs to start, but I want to see him get a sizable chunk of minutes. To be honest, um, I, I think we we talked a lot about the depth that we had in midfield and just in terms of um players. You know, we had quite a deep team, and I found that players like Hasty and Hendry, only Hendry only came in quite recently, but we've yet to see the best of them or any of, anything from them so I'd like to see them get a shot Reese, what about you? Is there anyone you want to see get some minutes? I, um, I'd probably just agree with what, what's been said uh, Stephen Hendry, I'd like to see him come in obviously offer a bit more a bit more of natural ability down the left hand side probably shift Foster I don't even know to be honest man um, I'd probably play Foster there I just Give him another go at right back. Hopefully, he can produce. I don't understand how a guy who's played 600 games at such a high level is better in a different position all of a sudden at 36 years of age. I play him, but I put him back at right back. Um, uh, it's a tough one to say because I know that um, Rafe have a strong midfield. Obviously, when they play that, is it Blaze, Riley, Snow, um, and Dylan Tate and Brad Spencer. So their midfield's kind of got a really good midfield. I was going to say maybe drop Doc and put Turner into midfield and bring in Hasty. Uh, I don't know. I really don't know. It's a tough one. And I've said, I'm saying this a lot now, but I'm glad I'm not the manager. The manager's got a tough a tough job to pick who's playing every week. But of course, that's what you want as a football manager. You want to have options and it can only be a good thing. But if you get it wrong, everyone's on your back for making the, the wrong decision. But that's that's where hindsight comes into things. Um. Personally, I'd try to go. I try and bring in a bit more width and just go for it because it's going to be an attacking game. It's going to be end to end, and hopefully we'll come out on top. I think the thing with McCall at the moment, I think 
Correct me if I'm wrong, James, you'll probably know this better than anyone, but I think he has admitted that he has been trying to shoehorn some players into the team and he's not 100% sure on his like favoured starting 11 and formation at the moment. And if we go, just even look at the end of last season, he found a way, and he found a way to get results, he found a way to get the team playing well, and he always seems to, whether it's stumbling across something like Senna at the back, um, Akinola at the back, Holt at centre-back, stumbling across things like that, or like a wee masterpiece like bringing Tiffany in and going 4-4-2, he always seems to find a way to get it to work eventually. So even though we're not that sort of fluid at the moment, I, th- I think McCall is the man to eventually find a way. And I, I know we didn't create too much at the weekend, but I don't think we're too far off. As McCall said, I don't think we're a million miles off Inverness or Kilmarnock at all, despite the fact it has been a disappointing couple of weeks. Um, I'll quickly just come round you all for score predictions. So, David, I'll start with your first score prediction for Sunday. Uh, 3-2 Thistle, an absolute humdinger of a game. Exciting. James? Uh, Joe, I'm in a similar vein. I'm going to go for 3-3. Reese, see, I, I'm thinking, I was thinking two each there, but you've got to back the Jags. Three to this, so I think there'll be goals. They'll score, we'll score. Um, two leaky defenses. It's just about who's going to. If, if this will turn up on a day, we can beat anyone. So let's just hope we can turn up and turn them over. I'll go two two. A point at the start of a good run of form for the next few weeks. I'll go two two. Um, we'll move on. We'll move on to our Partridge Thistle section this week. So we did get a listener question. Um, Mark Edwards asked, what was up with our choice of boot studs on Saturday? He's never seen so many players slipping from one team. It didn't seem to affect Kilmarnock. So for Partridge Thistle this week, I'm going to ask you, when have you lost your footing at an impromptu moment? David, uh, I'll come to you first on this one. When have you lost your footing? A uh, me and the bins don't have a good relationship, right? I I have so in in January, I fell outside in the snow putting the bins out and done my knee in, and I've never quite got back to hundred percent with it. It's still quite sore and stuff like that. And I was like, I wish I wish that had never happened. And then yesterday, I was putting the bins out. I'd put the bin out in the back door to put stuff into it. And then um, I didn't realise that there was a step behind me and fell over again. So um, any time I put the bins out, I see me because colossally deck it. Thankfully, I was all right yesterday. I didn't destroy my knee like I did the last time. But um, I, any time I put the bins out, I just, I don't know, I seem to be literally skating on ice at times. Reese, James, you ever lost your footing at unfortunate times? Um. I've went over my ankle multiple times and it's never great, is it? But to be fair, probably most embarrassing is probably um, I was out with my missus one time and this was when I first started seeing her, so I'd, I'd only seen her like a handful of times at this point. Um, and it was, we were in Kelvin Grove and it was when it was really icy and <laughs> we were trying to like make our way from the top of the hill down to the bottom and there was just ice everywhere, so I tried to go on this bit where it looked like there was no ice. And I started to lose my footing, right? But I didn't fall. I managed to stay on, on my feet and my hands were on the ground and I slid the whole way down, right? And I couldn't stop. There was nothing I could do. So I'm on all fours sliding down for about 
30 seconds, mate. My hands are red raw at the end of it, man. It's brutal. Oh, and the embarrassment, man. Superb. <laughs> James? Um, <clears throat> well, the one that sticks with me, I mean, I'm quite clumsy. I fall over quite a lot. But um, the one that really sticks with me is, I remember one time playing a game of football when I was about 12 or 13 or something like that. And <clears throat> um, the, my friend like squared the ball through to me. I was like, I was um, like clean to run goal. But an empty net, basically, all I had to do was just tap it in from a few yards out. And I managed to not only miss the ball and not make myself, but then also managed to trip myself up. Um, so yeah, that that one stuck with me. It's a lot. I've said a long time ago now, and yet I still feel that pain on a daily basis. It's just like not only did I not get the goal, but I made a complete hit of myself as well. I hope David can work his magic and just edit someday and shout and sign him after that story, James. <laughs> um, I've got another one of uh, looking like an absolute t- uh, sort of semi fissile related. I remember uh, a friend. Uh, invited me to a birthday party and didn't tell me where it was until like the day before and it was the day of a Fissile game and it was at the roller disco and um, I I went to the Fissile game went afterwards and it turns out I cannot roller skate to save my life I, I if you put a, a gun to, if you put a sniper on me and says David can you roll roller skate across this uh, small path I'd be like no you'll just have to shoot me because I cannot roller skate. Spent most of the time skating along the wee barrier, uh, holding on at times because I was that bad. And then I got a wee bit confident. I got a bit cocky, started making a wee run, and I took this insane spill. I looked like I just destroyed my, <laughs> my, my, my hip. Like, it looked awful. Everyone came over and picked me up, and it was all right. But um, I will never go roller discoing again. It's I want to. I want to be able to do it. It looks so much fun. I cannot do it, and I've accepted it now. But yeah, no roller disc going for me. I think that's just good advice in general. That's sound advice. I will leave it there for this week. Then, if nobody's got anything else they want to bring up, I just wanted to mention the griefs kits that came out today. I just want to say how amazing is it having a, a kit supplier that actually give a fuck. And like put out good stuff and like you can buy the shirts and you don't need to go in industrial estate. The two new shirts that came out are amazing and like I just love Greaves. I think it's just the best. They're they're amazing. I think it just it helps the sort of feel good factor that's been around the club for the last sort of seven, eight months or so. Just continue to build. Um, the fans are, even though we've had a, a difficult couple of weeks, I say the fans are still generally in quite a good mood, which is unusual for the last few years and I think Greaves have held that in recent months with their and O'Neill's as well with their news uh, kits seem to have gone down a storm so I keep that up that's uh, as, as good for the engagement as online is good as well isn't it? Do you think if we had a bad defeat like if we if we get like scudded off someone 6-0 they've got like a reprint of the auto windscreens kit or something that they can just put out on Monday afternoon to cheer everybody up after like, a pure brutal loss because I think that's what they're doing it's no coincidence They've, they've got them all just in a warehouse waiting to release them for like when we do quite shapes. Like I don't know how many, like there's no team on the planet who's made as many kits as us. We had the NHS kit, we had, I mean, how many special kits as well? And we had the, the 1921 kit, we had two classic kits, we've got another two classic kits, and the 1971 kit's going to be out in the next month or so. 
So keep your eyes peeled for that one as well. The, the, the goalie kit, the purple goalie kit for pancreatic cancer as well. And aye, there's, there's so many of them. It's great, man. I love it. Have, having said that, though, the, the people demand the 1921 goalie kit to go on sale. That is what the people demand. I agree. Firm agree. I love that kit. <laughs> as always, thanks for joining us on Draw, Lose or Draw. I've been joined by David Forrest, Rhys Haldane and James Kearney. We'll be back next week to look back on, hopefully, a victory at Starks Park and a look ahead to our home game against the United. Stay safe and buy a season ticket. <laughs>